Podcast with your boy Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for World Media. You can follow me on Instagram and the Twitter at Josh M. Hicks Media. And I got another one of my homeboys on the show. Let's go around, man. He's one of the real ones. He's newer. He's more on the newer sides of the World Media family, but he's but he he plug, he fits in like a glove. Gary <laughs> Gary Payton will be very proud. Will be very proud of him. Um, but no, I got I had to get my boy on the show, man. Drew Stevens. My God, what you? How you doing, man? How's life? Um, um, it's life is life. I can't complain too much, man. I can't complain too much. Don't nobody really care anyway, man. Um, but it's always a pleasure to 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 rap with you, man. I think it's my second time on, so I got to be doing something right. So I'm I'm, I'm glad to be here with you, man. <laughs> man. You're doing all the things right, man. And, that, and that's why I had, and that's why I had to bring you on. You you brought, you part of the family, so you know we gotta. I gotta, I gotta bring my. I'm all. It's all about family when it comes to me and my shows, man. So I gotta. I had to bring you on, my brother, for sure. And we just gonna jump right in because it's it's the Bulls. I mean, what we have, we could talk about Bulls all day long. But and especially since we, I know you could talk Bulls all day. Your Twitter be going crazy with the Bulls stuff. So I know you be on your. I know you know what you be talking about, bro. So we just gonna jump right in, man. Bull, Bulls just beat the Cavs last night, you know, and it was great to have Alice Caruso back. I think him, having him back, especially defensively, was such a huge boost for the Bulls. Um, and it was a great win for them to get against a top four opponent in the East, which is what they struggled against playing against top teams as a late in the stretch in, this last, in these last four games. And you do it without Zach Levine, which we've been reported that hopefully he'll be back as early as next Wednesday. We'll see. Um, but to be able to get this type of win against the top four team in the East without your stop, your stupid, your, your best player in Zach Levine, I think is a huge testament to the Bulls and what they really can be capable of. From your eyes and your perspective, man, what did you see uh, from watching or seeing uh, from that game? Just the the effort was there. Um, the defensive intensity was there. Those are a couple of things that um, have kind of been waning ever since um, the Golden State game last Friday on national television. Uh, maybe a little bit of the, the Brooklyn Nets game toward the end. I think the Nets, when they went on that, that big run in the third quarter, you could argue it maybe started there or even um, within that nine-game winning streak that they went on, uh, there were some things there that, that Billy Donovan pointed out that were concerning to him on the defensive side of the ball. But um, just to see how active they were um they took care of the ball like just the little things that they were able to do yesterday um offensive rebounding getting to the line hitting hitting their free throws um not turning the ball over uh turning the cavaliers over getting out on the break and as you said having caruso there even though he, he only played 23 minutes you know he's, he's on a uh, minutes restriction right now i think donovan wanted to keep him between 22 and 24 minutes ended up playing 23 
I think just the fact of him being there, being on the bench, guys knowing that he's going to be in the game at some point in time, it's kind of like having your big brother back. You know, you, you puff your chest out a little bit, a little bit more when, when you got that guy behind you or beside you. So uh, it's a good win. Finally got off the snide. Um, got another tough, another tough one coming up. Unfortunately, it's on national TV again. And uh, the Bulls are what, I think, 0-3 now on national TV with, with three blowouts, two with, with the Warriors and one for the Nets. So um, hopefully they at least bring that same effort um, and play like a team that's got that chip on their shoulder that, that has something to prove the way that they have the majority of the season. Yeah, that's a good point with the next game coming up in on national TV. Like, I'm glad. It's crazy how we got to a point for even the, especially in the early parts of the first part of the season. We was like, man, Bulls ain't getting no national television time. How dare they? Shame on the NBA. <laughs> and then they get it and they flake. I'm like, come on, man. That's, a, that's just not a good look. But, see, but like you said, they have another chance. They do have another chance. And they're playing against the, the you know, defending champion Bucks. You know, so it's going to be personal for the Bucks because, you know, they're just defending champions. But personal for us because that's, the, that's our version of a crosstown rivalry. And, you know, we've been having this rivalry for years. You get a chance now for the Bulls to actually Bulls that are actually good at in an era where actually both teams are really good. It's very very common that it has that has that it has happened. So for that to happen now, what do the Bulls need to do to secure this dub? You got you're not going to stop Giannis. You're not going to stop Giannis. Giannis is, is you know he's just a freak. That's why he's called the Greek freak, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that two headed mop that those this two sidekicks with. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, you know, they've been getting they've been getting their feet more under uh, more wet underway and they've been balling too. So it's like, how can the Bulls utilize in their own way now a big uh the big two, because Zach Levine is out, how do you utilize their big two to defeat Milwaukee's big three? Again, I think it it, it goes to what we saw last night against the the Cavs. They're the Bulls, their their margin for error is is so much smaller now um, with Levine being out and Ball and Derrick Jones Jr., even Javante Green, with those guys being out of the lineup, those are, those are key components of what they were doing um, to this point in the season, the reason why, you know, they are uh, atop of the Eastern Conference. But I think just, you know, making sure that you're securing rebounds, finishing off um, defensive possessions and not letting the Bucks take advantage of uh, the team on the glass, taking care of the basketball, um, hitting jump shots, hitting your shots. Uh, Three-pointers will be big for them. Um, of course, DeMar DeRozan um, has been really, really consistent um, this season. You know, there's only been a couple games where he's kind of been off um, from the field or from the, from the free throw line. But um, just the little things, hopefully they get, a, they get another uh, good shooting night from, from Vucevic. You know, he's been up and down all year. Um, but, you know, you you just gotta take you just gotta tighten up, man. You gotta take care of the little things. Um, maybe you won't see as many leak outs just because it's gonna be important to gain rebound against the mm-hmm. the Bucks. Um, but just bring that effort, man. Just want to see the effort from them tomorrow night. Um, not a blowout. Hopefully, not a blowout. Because you're not yeah. gonna stop Giannis. It's, it's it's not even really about that. It's just about you know everybody that's in the game. Uh, especially the ones that aren't even guarding Giannis, having their antennas up and knowing where he is on the court at all times and 
and doing their best to, to help him recover, uh, to show, uh, you know, that they're going to come over and maybe, and maybe help on whoever it is that, um, is guarding him one-on-one. Um, but yeah, man, just, just play with some effort, take care of the ball, play smart basketball. Hopefully your shots are falling tomorrow night and take it from there. I don't know. All you just said, which is great analysis. The <laughs> biggest thing that pointed out to me was don't get blown out. Like that's all I had. <laughs> don't get blown out. That's all I had. It's been blown out in all three of your nationally televised yeah. games. Just don't yeah. get blown out. Make it interesting. <laughs> that's all I had. And it, it, it sucks though, because you know, and with Patrick Williams' injury, you can argue that we've never, we've really never been whole. Well, actually, with, with Williams' injury and also with Kobe White's, because he came into the season injured, this this team has never been whole. Um, and that goes with the three games that we've seen them play nationally, with Vucevic being out that first Warriors game, Derrick Jones Jr. getting injured against the, the Nets, and then Ball and Levine leaving at two separate occasions against the Warriors. So it, it oh man, it's, it's so disappointing to not be able to see, first of all, not be able to see the Bulls match up against a team that, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're going to have to get through in order to, you know, get to the Eastern Conference Finals, possibly the, the uh, NBA championship. But then to also be not at full strength when the whole world is watching, when, like you said, Bulls fans, Bulls observers have been clamoring, complaining, uh, about the lack of national coverage, you know, because who who cares about NBA TV? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we just we they they need to bring some effort, man. I think if if they just bring that, I think fans uh, maybe satisfied is not the right word, but no matter the outcome, if they just come out with that that uh, back against the wall mentality, you know, we can't ask for much more. That's true. That's true. And you mentioned the fact that even with the effort, when we're not even at full strength, yeah. we talk about how Zach Levine, obviously he's out, but Lonzo Ball is now out for four to six weeks. And with that torn, with that slight tear in his meniscus, they was having surgery on that's been reported today. If all with, with all of the stuff going on, you know, I had, I had hopes, especially at the beginning because Lonzo Ball was okay. You know, Lonzo Ball, to, to me, it's the guy that, even though you got Zach Levine, who was high profile, Marta Rosen, high profile, Vooch, solid third option on, of your big three on your, of your, from offensive perspective. All those guys are great. But to me, Lounge Ball is the engine that makes this team go. When you talk about fast breaks, setting up the offense, being able to facilitate from anywhere on the court, especially when it comes to Zach Levine. Him, that, that chemistry between him and Zach Levine offensively is very dynamic and to lose that not just offensively but also his defensive efforts around the perimeter I mean, especially you pair him in the, in the, in the backcourt with Alex Caruso that was a dynamic duo defensively that day that could easily give you you know all defensive team just between with those two players on there in general now you lose that in Lonzo Ball on both ends of the floor I'm not saying I'm worried but what I am saying is I'm interested to see how this is going to go because no matter who you could put at point guard, they will never fulfill ideally what Lonzo Ball really brings to the table. And that's, and honestly, what he's brought to the table in ways has kept this team afloat. So I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little worried because it's like with him being gone four to six weeks, great. But 
from your perspective, talk about the impact of Lonzo Ball being gone now and how important it is, not just for guys like Alex Caruso to step up, but Ayo DeSumo, who has, been, who has done his job. Don't get it twisted. He's done his job. But now he might have, he might have to even top that, um, especially when you talk about someone like Kobe White, even though Kobe White has been doing good, you know, he has to elevate his game as well. And there have been stretches between his tenure here where he has gone hot and cold. So with those inconsistencies being a concern for me, along with Lonzo Ball being out, who is that guy that has to step up? Who has to be that guy? Well, I think you kind of hit on it, man. It it, it, it might ne- not necessarily be just one guy. It's, it's kind of been the tandem of Ayo DeSumo and Kobe White that have stepped in as the, the starting backcourt with the last three games and have played terrific. Uh, Ayo, before last night, had back-to-back uh, double-doubles. One was a points rebounds, one was a points assist. Um, he's shooting unbelievably from the floor. Probably won't be able to sustain the level of um, efficiency that he's he's produced, but um, just the confidence that he's played with, his his ability to kind of learn in the moment and and make improvements on the fly, uh, kind of like how we saw with uh, Bradley Beal when Washington came to town and, and Beal gave him a little word of advice and then the very next play or, or sometime after that, he hit Beal with the same thing he was trying to get him to do. So um, him and White have been great. I don't, you're not really necessarily, I don't think, looking for one person to step up and try to fill Lonzo Ball's shoes because – he has been that good of a player. He's taken the most threes on a team. I want to say uh, at that volume, he's the best three-point shooter on the team. I think Levine is right behind him percentage-wise, but um, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I get, I think it's, it's uh, completely reasonable for you to be worried, for anybody to be worried, because he's going to be gone. I think Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago said it was like 20-something games around in there that he could miss with the timeline that, that they've given him. But the fact that the Sumo and White have played so well, the fact that Alex Caruso was back, it kind of lessens the blow um, that this injury would have caused to the Bulls. And not to mention, Levine will be back, uh, hopefully, like you said earlier, um, Wednesday, next Wednesday. So um, nobody can replace ball, but they should be, be able to do enough to, you know, hold tight, maybe not the number one seed in the East, but enough where they're not going to sink too much um, while he's gone. And alongside from Lonzo Ball being out, we already talked about all the different things that, you know, the Bulls are going through. We all, but we also realized throughout this stretch, and for the most part, the whole part of the season so far, is the depth chart from a big man perspective is very thin. And they need to booster that big man position. There's a name floating around now, and Paul Millsap, whom I, whom you know me, I was in the beginning say he should have came to the shot um, when he was a free agent. Um, obviously, chose Brooklyn, but now they're realizing that he, they agreed to you know it's time to move on in different ways and find a better team that's suited for him. I, I doubt he's going to want to go to a team that you know, even though I don't know him personally. It's just a sense that since he chose the Nets in the beginning, you would think he's trying to go to a team where he can win a championship, right? Um, or, or at least have a good chance of making the finals. So, Bulls need to be number one team in the East. We do got some talent. We do need some help in the big man department. And even though he may not be the ideal fit, he can bring, he still brings some versatility. 
um, offensively, and he can play in small ball lineups, which is ideal for the Bulls because they've been that's where their most success really comes from is from small ball lineups. And it's necessary when you come into the playoffs and you don't have to ask him to play a lot of minutes. He can be a good, solid big man in that second unit. And that can help keep the team kind of afloat from a point from the point or paint perspective. So I think it's a I think it's a, a low risk, high reward type of situation, uh, especially since he's going to obviously go for a dirt cheap contract and he signed a veteran minimum to go to the Brooklyn Nets. But the, knowing the Bulls, should they make that move? Should 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 Acme, Arturis Kronisivis and, and Mark Eversley, should Acme really, you know, be that aggressive and say, hey, Paul, I know you turned us down in the offseason, but you know what? We had some good talks and we're still serious about you. So come on over to the dark side and be and put on this black and red. Like, should they pull that trigger? I think it's it's, it's worth exploring. I don't know the how the financials will work out, but I think it's worth exploring. I, I I know that he struggled this season. I'm not sure that's him trying to adapt to a different role with a team that, you know, didn't really have to lean on him as much with LaMarcus Aldridge being there and um, Nick Claxton and and um, uh, Blake Griffin as well. Maybe he was kind of the odd man out, but as you said, like he's, he's, uh, he's capable of providing different things that the Bulls could use it's just a matter of, like I said, what the finances would be and, you know, how he, how he would fit in to what the Bulls have going right now. I think he would fit well. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure if his struggles with the Nets were because he's, you know, he's reaching his, uh, his sunset or is it because of the role he was being asked to play? So I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not mad at. I'm. I, like I said, I think they should look into it. I'm. I'm pretty sure they they have because uh, the Bulls front office is is very aggressive, and they we've seen them get. You know, most of the guys that they they are eyeballing. So we'll see. We'll see. You really said that real smooth. You know, he maybe his struggles <laughs> wasn't because the sun is setting on yet. Like. <laughs> Smooth as egg. That's how you. That's the writing poetry in it, man. That's, what you, that's, a, that's, a, that's really the journalistic vocabulary that you utilize there to make that thing flow in and out like that. Like nice way of saying, dude is old. I don't know what it's. <laughs> I appreciate you saying. I think I'm just I'm just a nerd, but I appreciate you saying that, man. I asked, had one of my guys call me the uh, the hoop Shakespeare the other day. That was that was that was funny to hear, man. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Smooth as that. I mess with that. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, like I said, like, I agree with you. You know, it's it's a scenario where that I'm pretty sure the Bulls have probably even done their due diligence homework to do anyways. Um, but not to mention, I think it's ideal for the Bulls, if they can't get someone like him, someone similar to him in a buyout market, for me personally, because I like the talent that as currently here and the fact that you were able to sign 10-day contract well at least well you signed now full guarantee contracts to Malcolm Hill who showed up I think great in that 10-day contract with the especially the game against the Celtics that I was able to see he played great yeah he, he took minutes from Troy Brown Jr this first first game with the Bulls that's crazy yeah, he did he, he was playing down the stretch in the clutch mm -hmm. in the clutch moments with Io by his side so that fighting Illini connection yep. and you know, Alfonso McKinney, uh, when he first signed on, was great. And he finally, you know, got that uh, full contract for the rest of the season. 
I don't know. I mean, our tourist Canisius knows how to find some Chicago brothers. I mean, I, <laughs> you know how to find some Chicago, Illinois connections, man. And yeah, they no work up, and they work under Billy Donovan so far. So, mm-hmm. you know, for him to do that, I like I would want them to stay with the where the roster is currently set up. I think they will be beneficial, especially for um this small stretch that we're gonna have with you know guys surely but sh- slowly but surely coming back and now there's lines of ball being out. I think you can they can hold the fort a little bit till we fully get healthy. Mm-hmm. And then you add a guy from the buyout market, but that's ideally for me a big man. That would be great. Um, and, and, and I personally, even though his trade value has really gone up, I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm just not fully comfortable in trading Kobe White just yet because of how you see he's performing now, especially since he's having the, the, the minutes that he's, you know, that he's, you know, in, in a way deserving of because of the way he's played and now that Lonzo and Lonzo's been out. So, and also showing that putting him in the backcourt with Io, it works. You know, we, we, we questioned the beginning, where can Kobe White's minutes come from because Io was looking over to take that spot. You see, if they put him on the same court together, the, the skill sets work. So I don't want to trade Kobe. I, don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of those type of guys. I don't think the Bulls need to do any major moves except maybe look into the buyout market to get someone for the cheap and bring them on. But do you think they need to make any big moves? Do you think they need to make any trades before this trade deadline hits? I mean, there's even reports now uh, talking about potentially your boy Harris Barnes. Harrison Barnes uh, might be, uh, you know, Sacramento is trying to get this deal done with Philly. And, you know, Maury's not folding, but – you know, if you if that deal was to happen, he's in the middle of it. You know, he's so yeah. I know you talked about Harrison Barnes potentially. I know I, when, when we talked, Robert Covington's the guy for me. I think they should look into if they were to actually pursue this. What should the Bulls do, General Manager Drew Stevens? What should the Bulls <laughs> do to make to, to boost this roster at the before trade deadline? I'm, I'm missing some millions of dollars for you to be calling me that. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I looked at my pockets, man, I wouldn't qualify. Um, nah. Should they? I don't know if they should. I would like to see them. Now that we've got timelines on Levine and Ball and it doesn't seem to, to be anything season ending, I think that they would do well to see if they can get a Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes. Um, a player, two players who at this stage, at this stage, to all my Patrick Williams lovers out there, are, are ahead of Patrick Williams. Um, that's not to say that that Pat can't turn out to be as good as we all or most of us think he can be, but with the way that the Bulls have played this season, um, with the momentum that they have, and judging, given, you know, who they would have to beat to get to Eastern Conference Finals, to get to the NBA Championship, I just think that you have to explore bringing in a guy who is already ahead of Patrick Williams and maybe even in, in Jeremy Grant, a guy that is higher than what Pat's, you know, uh, fully realized version could actually be. You know, we don't know if Pat's going to be better than Jeremy Grant or as good as Jeremy Grant. Um, 
you know, and, and for all for all of the the flack that Harrison Barnes got um, during the one Warriors Finals when he just could not hit a shot. Like this dude is is playing phenomenal basketball right now. He's a high Q high Q player. Um, he's not the defender that Grant is or the athlete, but he can he can fit in so well with this team. I, I think he fits in as well offensively as Grant would defensively. Now there's been reports that Grant doesn't want to go to a team where he won't be the number one option. If that's true, then that pretty much takes him off the board for the Bulls. But I think that the front office should at least, they owe it to themselves, they owe it to the Bulls, given how much they've done to this point and how how aggressive they've been in trying to win now that, you know, it, it would make sense for them to look and see what they can do to um, add to this team. Another scenario that I saw, not officially, but I heard, you know, floated out there, depending on if the Clippers are sellers, whether or not Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George come back this season is possibly like a Nick Batum and a, um, I want to say it's Marcus Morris. I get the twins mixed mm -hmm. up. I think it's yeah, it, to them coming to the Bulls in a package for uh, Derek Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr. and the Portland pick. I like that too, because you're not giving up Pat and you're getting, you know, two veteran guys. Um, who can who can defend? Who can rebound? They're tough. Um, they can knock down the three when need to, um, and you get to keep Pat, as I said. So I don't know how much truth there is with that. Um, remains to be seen what the Clippers want to do moving forward. Because I thought there were some rumblings that Kawhi might come back um, at some point this season, but I, I wouldn't mind them swinging for the fences. But I'd understand if they wanted to hold on to Patrick Williams. We've already heard them say that they, they're not looking to trade Kobe White. And to your to your point, his his value has skyrocketed and he provides something off that bench that nobody else can. You know, for as well as Ayodosumu was playing, Kobe White's got three years of experience on him. Um, you know, can create his own shot uh, at a better than Dusumu can at this point. Um, you described him as a microwave scorer. That's that's what he is, and the Bulls need that coming off that bench. I think so. We'll see what 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 goes on. But if I was uh, connoisseurs, I'd be on the phones just looking, just seeing what's available, what's out there floating out. Patrick Williams and seeing what comes back. I will admit that Marcus Morris Nicholas Batum deal it does sound pretty decent, and what? at least from and 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 because of the toughness component of it to me. Like that's that's where it really gets me because Marcus Morris in the perimeter, when you go deeper into the playoffs, let's just say we run into the Bucks. You know, you're gonna have to you don't need you don't need a Marcus Morris to guard a, a Chris Middleton or or um um a Drew Holiday type of player or depending on the and the paint Giannis, someone that's you know has some meat and toughness to him. Yeah, you know, like PJ Tucker deal with Kevin Durant. You know, he he could be the PG PJ Tucker of that team defensively, uh, for the Bulls. And you already have, and then you can have and utilize Nicholas Batum from a perimeter perspective defensively. Um, having that length next to Zach Levine and DeRozan, or you know, that's 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 kind of that's nasty <laughs> to think about. So. I, I wouldn't be mad. I would not be mad at that deal if that was to take place, especially you're talking about right now. It's not a bad deal I would look into. But, you know, like I said, we'll see what the Bulls do. I'm, like you said, I'm pretty sure. 
Acme is just making all the calls, doing his, doing his research silently, making silent moves, you know, G's moving in silence like lasagna. He, he, he got that all down pat. Like we know he can, and he know he does. So I'm pretty sure that's what's going to be the case. And, you know, those surprises if something ha- it goes down. But, uh, but for the most part, we're about to finish now. Well, we're heading into the end of the first half of the season, or about halfway through the season, I think. We got a little mm-hmm. bit, and uh, we have a little bit before All-Star break kicks in. Yep. Um, All-Star, you know, All-Star weekend is in Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Bron. Love you, Bron. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's in Cleveland, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I will admit, even though we already, gonna, we already know there's some Bulls that's going to be there. Looks like DeMar DeRozan is going to be there. He's leading the guards, Eastern guards right now. Looks like Zach Levine's going to be there. He's leading number three on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Booch per se. I'm be honest with you. Eh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but <laughs> veering off from the Bulls topic and more towards the NBA realm, there's one person that I do believe should be an all-star that is not getting the votes that they deserve. And that is Cleveland's own Darius Garland. You got to put Darius Garland in that conversation. What he's doing with the with the Cleveland Cavaliers, make helping them become a number four team in the East, and he's doing it without. Kyle, they're doing this without Colin Sexton. He's out of the. He's out for the year, so they they're doing it without Colin Sexton, a rookie, the potential rookie of the year, and Evan Mobley, and you got your young All Star and Jared Allen killing it this year. And I'm not even gonna lie, even Lori Marketing doing a little some some over there, you know. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, Darius Garland, bro, he deserves he should be in the all-star. He should be an all-star. He's I think he's in the bottom tier of votes right now from a fan's perspective. And yeah, he may not be the most flashy guy any per se, or he might have done a lot of flashy things, but the brother's skill set is impeccable. It's top tier, and it's clearly doing wonders for this Cleveland Cavaliers team because they're sitting at the top four team in the East, which we never thought would happen um, heading into this season. So I would like to get your viewpoint as far as him, his skill set, his game, what he brings to the game. And who do you specifically think deserves to be in an all-star game or should be higher in all-star voting that is not getting the votes that they deserve right now? Man, I haven't watched too much of Cleveland basketball, to be honest with you, man. It's really been uh, bulls or bust. But um, you make good, great points about Darius Garland um, kind of taking over, steering that ship with Sexton being out. I think that uh, he got his numbers yesterday, but he didn't shoot very well from the field. He kind of had that scary moment uh, where like, he got a stinger or almost – I'm like, man, he dislocated his shoulder on one of those plays, but he came back in the game. Uh, thankfully for Cavs and basketball fans alike, I uh, was able to finish the game out. But I think um, him and, and Jared Allen both have cases to be all-stars this season. Uh, it's kind of weird that the NBA is still keeping it at 12 players each conference um, when a regular season roster is com- comprised of 15 players, 15 slots. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to make it so that it means a little bit more. Um, nah, they're just not trying to pay for on flights. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they all them flights and all the publicity yeah. and all the 
It's, it's too much money. All Star Week is already big enough. That's why they. That's why they left Chicago and went to Cleveland because they ain't gonna hang out. It's cheaper. It's cheaper. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But I think um, to me, the thing I was kind of looking at before Zach got injured is who was more deserving of that second. Um, let me get this cat down real quick. Not you. You ain't gonna be in All Star game. <laughs> I'm being somebody pound in a second. Uh, no. I <laughs> Um, who was more deserving of that 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 other guard slot uh, between Zach Levine and Trey Young? Um, that was something I was kind of paying attention to before before Zach went down. I think there's a great case to be made for for both guys because Zach's numbers are very close to to the Rosen's. It's just that the Rosen has been such a force in these fourth quarters. Um, hit those two game winners on back to back nights that he's gotten more of the shine. Uh, more of the pub, but um, was that going down and Trey Young continuing to kind of ball out, even with the Hawks, you know, seemingly like stuck in the mud right now? I can see, I can see he's probably going to keep that spot. But Levine will be a reserve. Um, who, who else are you thinking of as a reserve? Um, from an Eastern Conference perspective, I, I, I don't really know, haven't really thought about it. Um, I do know from the Western Conference though, D Book should get more consideration. Yeah. D Book should should uh, he should be you know and he should be in that All Star conversation. It should be getting an All Star conversation. And I think what gets me the most with this obviously this is fan voting. So mm-hmm. okay, great, you know that the fans are involved. But come on now, not all fans know what basketball is one on one, and they just don't know. Um, and yeah, we'll get, a lot of popularity. Yeah, I think Kyrie and Derrick Rose are, are really high up in the in the voting. Yeah, and I'm like, no disrespect to Kyrie, but you didn't even play even a full, you didn't even play half a season. Um, mm. D Rose, I love you, my brother. You know, you're always gonna be like a goat in my eyes, for real, for real. But come on now, you're missing eight weeks due to the ankle surgery. Yeah. Come on, like I said, like you're missing large amounts of time, but you haven't played <laughs> too much minutes. So mm. it's like. You know, it's not compared to other people that have been killing in areas where there's not much recognition, but they still deserve it. I mean, even even Devin Booker, I'm surprised that the league, well, not the league overall, but fans in general don't give the respect he deserves. Mm-hmm. My man just went to the finals last year and balled. <laughs> you know, he just balled and went to the finals last year. And yeah. now you're saying that he shouldn't be considered an all-star, even though he's having an all-star year? Like, there's those things where I'm like, you know, can we just get this over with? Because, you know, as much as I love the fans and I'm a fan of the game as well, but if you really know basketball 101, analytics don't, don't get you nowhere. It is the eye test and we're knowledge of the game. And if you just watch from the knowledge of the game, the skill set, along with the numbers that go with it, yeah. and D-Book should be in that conversation. He should be an all-star. Yeah. To, to get back to your original your original question, I got some names for the, in the Eastern Conference wise uh, in terms of being considered for one of those reserve slots. I think Kyle Kuzma has played well enough to to you know be in that conversation. Fred Van Vliet, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Evan, Evan Mobley, maybe. Uh, I know he missed a little bit a little bit of time earlier this season, but um, he seems like he's running away with the. With the rookie of the year award, yeah, um, he is. He, he taking that. He's taking that. <laughs> he got a late start. Scotty Barnes and the Raptors are barely hanging on to that tenth spot right now. 
Um, so I think in, in in that respect, yeah, I think I think Evan Mobley's got that pretty much sealed and locked up, man. Yeah. Tobias Harris, another name, maybe. Uh, supposedly, that's that's the name that's keeping that's the guy that's keeping Moore from pulling the trigger on that deal, which is. I don't know. You're getting Fox back and Halliburton and Barnes. I don't know, man. I think that's – I think you, you'd you be okay giving away Tobias Harris. Uh, yeah, I mean – Getting back. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but in that deal too, this is, this is Daryl Moore we talked about. He wants an all-star slash superstar because, you know, you're giving up Ben Simmons. But, mm. hey, you got to – when you look at it this way, you know, sometimes you, you – but you, it's not about – Necessarily, what you give up is what you can get. That's just the chemistry of the team. And you talking about, you know, Tyler Howard, Tyrese Halliburton, who, you know, he's killing it. Point guard, like young point guard of your future, solidified. Boom. Harrison Barnes is the best. He can replace Tobias Harris. Easy. Then you talking about Buddy Hill. A shooter in the put him in the backcourt and shooter right next to Seth Curry. Come on, come on, Daryl. I need you to think this one out. Like you going to Wait, was was the Aaron Fox in the deal? He wasn't in the deal. No, he wasn't in the deal. Oh, he wasn't in the deal. Okay, okay, okay. I had that mixed up. My bad. Okay, that's still a right. That that changes my perspective a little bit because you're not getting like that one really shiny piece. Um, that would have been De'Aaron Fox. No disrespect to Hield and, and Barnes and, and Halliburton, but okay, I kind of see what Maury may be thinking there, but on the flip side of that, you're not getting nothing from Ben Simmons as it is, and you're not going to get anything as it is, so I wonder at what point you just go with what's the best deal you got on the table. Right, and I think that's the best deal at this point. Because, I mean, even if you don't get De'Aaron Fox, you already got Tyrese Maxey with it. That's true. That's a very good point. And he's all you already know his skills for sort of what he's doing to the table, especially under Doc Rivers. Talking about keeping Doc Rivers long term. All those guys are gonna fit Doc Rivers' system. And I think they have a better chance moving forward once those pieces get more solidified if they were to pull this train, come playoff time to be even that much more scarier than they are now. So so I don't know. Like I'm I'm over here looking at Daryl like, bro, I know you. You know, I know you big timer over there, but come on now. <laughs> you may have to step it down just, that, just a tad bit because yeah. that's still a heck of a package, especially for a team that's in rebuilding mode. I mean. No doubt. No yeah, doubt. And, that's, and to kind of uh, connect this back to the Bulls, Philadelphia, as is, is one of those teams that kind of worry me as a Bulls observer if we had to match, if the Bulls had to match up with them just because of Embiid, um the defenders they have to throw at Demar and, and and Zach um Seth the shooters they have Korkmaz like they've got a really solid team over there and and depending on who they would have to give up in that deal you getting those guys those guys back from the Kings man that makes your team like you said even even more dangerous it's we, we, it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out this next three weeks before this trade deadline yeah, man, we'll, def- we'll definitely see how it goes. And, you know, hopefully the Bulls, we, I trust Acme to do and make yeah. the right moves that they need to make. They've done enough mm-hmm. to get to have my faith in them. So I'm going to trust that they know what they're doing. And Billy Donovan knows what he's doing. And, to, and they're going to do what they got to do to make sure they put the Bulls in the best position to continue to be a top three, four team in the East. 
where there's no playing tournament and they can go deep into the playoffs. So that being said, man, what you got coming up, man? I know you all got some up your sleeve. So what's <laughs> so what you got coming up? I don't I don't have anything right now, man. Um I would just tell tell people to look out for me on Twitter at uh look what Drew did. That's my handle on there. You know, I try to tweet little random things that interest me in terms of stats or just little known things or going back and kind of looking at some some um, interesting tidbits, man. I just kind of tweet those out uh, when I come across them, man. But yeah, just follow me on Twitter, man. Follow me on Twitter. Get at me. Let's let's talk. Let's have a conversation, man. Hey, y'all definitely should. My man is the it's so precise with his stat lines. He he will give you the, the stats from when Lonzo Ball had an afro to when Lonzo <laughs> Ball had the braids. Like, he, he will give it, he break, he, he'll break it down to you just off the of hairstyles. And that's something that's different right there. So, talking about what, look what Drew did, that's what Drew did. He broke you down to hairstyles. <laughs> man, that's fun, man. Speaking of that, I need, I need a dude to come back. I'm gonna miss that. I'm gonna miss that, man. I'm gonna have a long pause in my stats now. Maybe we can do it from when Alex Caruso has a headband and he doesn't. I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe we can do something like that. Or, you know, when, when DeMar DeRozan wears uh, Nikes versus um, some, some random Nike shoe versus when he wears Kobe's. I mean, I don't know. We could do. I don't know. DeMar's shoe game is so oh, ridiculous. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, I don't know, but it is something to look forward to, and it's very appeasing to not just the audience, but you know us in general. And so, definitely gonna look out for what Drew is going to be doing with that, and everybody else. You can look at what I'm doing at jo- at Josh M Hicks Media Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow War Media on all platforms. Uh, War Media Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can follow this, this show on the YouTube as well as this podcast on all podcast platforms. We're on Anchor, um, you name it, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast that we are right there. My guy, I appreciate you, man. I'm glad you're able to come on my show and spit bulls and, and, and NBA talk with me. You know, I got to, you know, I got, we, we got to link up soon because uh, we got a lot of big stuff coming, coming, you know, our way for the audience perspective we got a lot of big things coming so uh definitely gotta link up with you again soon and in the meantime you can take care of yourself do what you gotta do and i look forward to seeing when is the next time lebron lonzo ball or some other special guy maybe even oh has to have the hairstyle change i'll see your stats for that (laughs) no doubt no doubt man i appreciate you having me on man always a pleasure man sure man be easy you too man Donovich has to force him. Final seconds, and that does it. The Cleveland Cavaliers pull it out. 104-100. Marv Albert with the call. And yes, uh, they made the key players in the plays in the last couple of moments or so. But boy, Kyle Korver 
hit some shots that he rarely did, at least his brief stint here with the uh, Bulls. I know that uh, he had one good game in the playoffs with the Bulls when they uh, won a game in Atlanta over the Hawks, but uh, he wasn't here that long. Our number, 312-644-6767. Get to that very shortly. Right now on our score hotline, we want to welcome in here, on our show at least for the first time ever, Josh Hicks. He is a writer who covers the National Basketball Association for WeAreRegalRadio.com. Thanks for joining us, Josh, especially at this hour. Thank you, man. really appreciate the opportunity. What did you think of, uh, I'm sure you saw the finish of that game where it looked like the Indiana Pacers were going to really put Cleveland up against it, and uh, LeBron made some plays, and then, of course, he got some key baskets. But uh, I don't know if uh, the Cavaliers win that game without some of those long shots by uh, Kyle Korver down the stretch. Oh, no, I I definitely agree. Kyle Korver definitely came in uh, in the clutch with his his very efficient three-point shooting. But I think also the Pacers, uh, they crumbled. And I think that they they lacked trust in each in uh, in each other, and that was the key component that really made them successful within you know the two games that they won in Game One and Game uh, Three. They were able to trust each other, and with the trust that they had, they were able it helped them you know build that confidence and composure that they needed to pull out those wins. And I think down the stretch, especially with Victor Oladipo having a horrible horrible night tonight shooting the ball, um, with without his efficient offensive um, you know, opportunities. Um, I think the team just collapsed, and that led to you know more opportunities for Kyle Korver and LeBron to make the plays that they needed to play to pull the game through. They need all of uh, Nicola Bodipo, especially those home games at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I'm glad you made that point, though, Josh. That the way they played down the stretch, that they started to uh, go isolation, which. A lot of times, I, I think about 80% of the time when you go isolation, you're going to lose. The Bulls reminded me of that when they had a game. Uh, they had the number one seed when they were playing against uh, the Miami Heat. And they were trying to tie the series um, at 2-2. And uh, they got into overtime and they lost. Then eventually it came back to the United Center. And they built a huge lead, a double-digit lead, by moving the ball, running their offense, and then during the last maybe four or five minutes of that particular game, they went isolation. They just put the ball in Derrick Rose's hand. LeBron James was guarding him man-to-man and just daring him, and they stopped passing the ball around, and lo and behold, back came Miami and won the game. What happened with Indiana last night reminded me of the same thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Victor Ol- um, I, th- I feel like with Victor Oladipo being the leader of that team, they just gave the ball in his hands, and they said, you know what, do your work. Do do your work. Do your best um, offensive, you know, game plan that you have, especially with him being such an improved shooter and an improved scorer this season. Um, you know, they really just gave him the ball and said, "All right, do your thing." And I think that even though Victor has the ability to be clutch in those moments, especially with that we've seen within this series, at the same time, it's a bad tactic to go through to go to, especially when you have a you know decent perimeter shooting around you with Darren Collinson. And um, so I just think that that whole one-on-one concept at the time, especially with Victor Oladipo being playing the game so poorly, was a bad move to go to, and it really cost him that game. With especially down the stretch, I covered the uh, Bucks home games at the uh, Bradley Center, a building that uh, 
will be non-existent as soon as they're done playing. And uh, they're going to have at least one more home game because there's going to be a fifth game. But uh, that's been a home court deal. And what's interesting is the Celtics won one game handily and then barely got by the Bucks in overtime at TD Garden. And at the Bradley Center, the Bucks just annihilated the Celtics on uh, Friday night. I, sh- I should say Saturday afternoon. And then yesterday, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Friday night. And then yesterday uh, at uh, the Bradley Center, uh, they won a squeaker when uh, Giannis came through with a big shot with five seconds to play. But uh, it's amazing how the two games have kind of mirrored one another. It really did. And I think, you know, home court obviously plays a huge advantage and a huge role in it. But I think what's missing within these team, with especially within the Bucks, is the fact that Giannis and Middleton can only do so much. Um, the perimeter, the, the perimeter of the talent that they have needed to step up, and they lacked that within the first and second game. They didn't have a solidified third option to go to, and you have to applaud uh, the Bucks coach because he made that adjustment by putting in other um, another player, Don Maker, to help contribute, and he did a very good job contributing. Um, coming off the bench uh, today, and not to mention, he also created opportunities for Jabari Parker within the past two games to excel and utilize his all-out talent. So I think you have to give credit to both coaches in this instance because, you know, Brad Stevens with him being such an efficient coach and helping Terry Rozier and those guys really step up their A game to come out and win these close games without their young rising, their, their young superstar and Kyrie Irving being out for the rest of the season – but at the same time, the Bucks um, coach did a great a great job adjusting the game plan to help get Eric Bledsoe involved, to get Brogdon more involved, and especially with the big, the huge X factor of the series, which I believe is Jabari Parker, to help him get to get him going, and that really helped Jonathan Middleton and the Bucks today, you know, really pull through with these next last couple games. Some of my colleagues of Milwaukee that I've known from they they said that they thought Jabari had probably his best game ever as a Buck. In game three, he was all over the place. He was terrific. And Thon, you mentioned him. Uh, I don't think that uh, the Celtics were expecting him to do what he did. He was all over the place, hit a couple of big shots. And I got to give those fans at the Bradley Center a lot of credit. They were as loud as can be. And uh, they really got that team going. Oh, yeah, they really did. Um, being in the Bradley Center is always a great feeling because we all know that the Bucks they love their fans. That the fans they love their Bucks and they love their team and they and with Giannis being the face of that franchise, it's always something. It's always a bright future to look at. But those like those, but those players you just mentioned, you know Jabari Jabari Parker and Thon Maker, those two key factors really made the difference of this game today. And and, and like you said, yeah, the Celtics they weren't prepared for Thon Maker because I don't think anybody was really prepared for the coach to make that type of change. But we have to give give credit to Thon Maker for taking advantage of the opportunity that he had. And really come out and contribute, and not just offensively but defensively as well. Be very active, grabbing uh, and grabbing loose balls and rebounds as he did. Um, no, we really didn't expect that, but it was a it was a big gutsy change by the coach that really paid off at the end. We're talking with NBA writer Josh Hicks. He writes for uh, WeAreRegalRadio.com. Josh, both game fives of returning to Boston and returning to Cleveland, uh, they're going to be interesting. Do you think either team can win game five on the road? I believe that I believe either team can. Uh, for the Cavaliers, and any any time you got LeBron James on your team, you, you have the, obviously the best chances to win. And for them to come bounce back from a game three loss to really win this game down the stretch, which they could have won in game three because they was up both games by at least fifteen plus points before the Pacers made their comebacks. So 
um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers to actually win this game. It gives them the momentum that they need to not just regain home court, but also you know bring that momentum of winning today's game into back into Cleveland, which is their home homeland, and the land is always ready for a big game in the playoffs come playoff time. So I know. That would be a good game for Cleveland to bounce back in and really take advantage of that, you know, take advantage of that opportunity to have that three-two lead. And I think the same thing with Boston. Um, Boston, they always they um, they seem to play better at home than they do on the road. And Terry Rozier is a prime example of that. He was great, phenomenal the first two games, but um, the last couple of games here in Milwaukee, he hasn't been able to shoot the ball the same. And we know, and I, but I expect him to bounce back from that and really give the team that boost to assist with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to really give that buck, really give, excuse me, the Celtics that extra, that extra level of um, assertiveness and aggressiveness with the mention of also them possibly having back Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart was a great, great perimeter defender, one of the tops in the league, and he can really be effective when it comes to guarding Bledsoe and that long, lengthy perimeter of Chris Middleton uh, Jabari Parker and Giannis, he can really help by at least keeping the guys up front, assisting Jalen uh, Brown and Jason Tatum, the two young guys that have really held this Boston team at a high level that not many people really thought they could maintain with Kyrie being out. Well, we all know Marcus Smart's one of the smartest players in the uh, game, too. There's no question. Lastly, the other two series that uh, got going yesterday, Washington and Toronto, are also tied 2-2. They go back to Canada, to the Air Canada Center for game number five, we know Toronto is trying to get over the schneid and just got get out of a first-round series. Um, Washington, uh, this was a critical win for them, and they've equaled the series off. Definitely. The Wizards did a fantastic job by getting uh, Bradley Beal going. He came out very efficient, scoring the ball. He, like he, His lack of scoring really made the difference in this game compared to the first two games that um, they played in Toronto. And I, I think this series was is about the battle of the back, of the backcourt. Um, whoever, at least from watching both of these uh, the series, I believe the backcourts from both teams, whoever scored the most between whether it's Lowry and DeRozan or Bill and Wall, whoever scored the most points out of that backcourt ends up winning the game. And that was been the case, even though home court advantage that was a big a big deal. But I think it's the battle of the backcourts, and which always makes the playoffs that much more exciting to watch. So. Um, there's definitely been a there's been a, a tight series within the Toronto Raptors and Wizards series, but I'm also love the Sixers and Heat because Ben Simmons is such a true talent. He's such a premier talent at a high level for him to only be a rookie. He's really making his his imprint in not just the uh, the regular season, but also this playoff series. Wayne Wade even went out and said, "Hey, these get, between Simmons and Joel Embiid, these are some this is a really special team, and they and they've proven that." Joel Embiid has been effective when he came has coming back from his uh, you know recent injury, and Ben Simmons you know this last game recently put up a triple double it hasn't been done since Magic Johnson, so as a rookie so you know this, this it's a really really tight series between all you know levels of the playoffs between the Western and Eastern Conference and it's definitely something that you know as a as a you know as an NBA fan as a basketball fan in general you gotta love. Lastly, of course, the win by the Spurs you got to give a, a lot of credit to. To them and that organization, everything else, a tough situation with uh, Aaron Popovich passing away and, of course, Greg Popovich uh, going through a, a tough situation. Um, I think most people feel that that win just, uh, was just a, a win for the Spurs to uh, avert a complete elimination 
and most people expect uh, Golden State, uh, since they're still going to be without Steph Curry, to still finish them off when they get back to Oakland. Or can the Spurs go in there and uh, stun the world? I don't think this time. Um, and I really, because it's really hard to play against a loaded Washington, uh, a loaded Golden State Warriors team when you without your best player. Kawhi is one of the best two-way players. It's arguably the best two-way player in the game. And with without that presence of, of guarding that perimeter, of guarding that big-time ke- scorer and Kevin Durant, I think it's just tough to it's it's tough to win that type of elimination game on the road in a loud Golden State arena. I think they I don't think they'll be able to pull it off. But this win that the Spurs had just shows that it just shows the trueness of the franchise: resilience, hard fighting, never quitting, and for them to win this game. For Popovich, it just really shows the true um, the true class that they have and the respect that they want to have to play for a legendary coach as Popovich. Josh, thanks for staying up and chatting with us here, and uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. And, of course, the 15th of February is uh, – February. <laughs> Let's say, say the 15th of May. The lottery is going to be coming up, and uh, that should be interesting for a lot of reasons. But uh, maybe we'll get a chance to chat with you as we get closer to that. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Really appreciate it. That's Josh Hicks joining us here. He is the NBA writer for RegalRadio.com.